It's Philosophy Talk. Are we all here? Oh, just too bad for those that aren't. Time tight and trolley wait for no man. Let her go, motorman. There's a trolley coming that will run over 12 children if you don't throw the switch, but only one if you do. I'll throw the switch. And if you have to push a man into the trolley's path to stop it? Well, that's a tough one. Uh, attention passengers, the train has been temporarily delayed because of a discarded couch on the tracks. Does it seem right to you to push a fat man off the bridge to stop the trolley from running over 12 other people? You're going to push that button and stop this train! If you don't do anything, can you really do anything wrong? Our guest is Thomas Cathcart, author of The Trolley Problem, or Would You Throw the Fat Guy Off the Bridge? A Philosophical Conundrum. When is it wrong to save a life? We've only got a few minutes! we got all the time in the world. Lessons from the Trolley Problem. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW in San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner at Stanford, where Ken and I teach philosophy. Today, we're looking at some lessons from the trolley problem. And we're asking, when is it wrong to save a life? When is it wrong to save a life? Well, now that's a philosophical question. But can remind me what this has to do with trolleys. Why is this form of transportation morally and philosophically special? Well, intrinsically, they're not special morally and philosophically, but they happen to be connected to a series of thought experiments developed by Philippa Foote and Judith Jarvis Thompson some years ago. They used trolleys to make certain moral points. Thought experiments, my, my favorite kind, the best kind of experiment ever invented. You don't need fancy lab equipment. You can't spill acid all over your trousers. You don't have to go through a human subjects committee. You don't need a grant. You just need a working brain, and it's okay to try them at home. Well, I like thought experiments too, John, and the classic version of the trolley thought experiment is due to Judith Jarvis Thompson. Now, here's, here's how it goes. You happen to be standing by a switch on a trolley line where the trolley is run away, you can see that if it continues on its track, it's going to run over five adorable, innocent children. Now, you can do something. You can throw the switch and divert the trolley to the sidetrack. But here's the problem. Uh, there's a man who has chosen to fall asleep for some reason on the track. You have no time to wake him up. Here's the question. What do you do? Do you flip the switch or not? Well, I'd throw the switch. I'm sure most people would. That's, that's the right thing to do, or it seems like it to me. It's better to save five, you know, even at the cost of, of, of uh, killing a man that would have otherwise survived. So you agree with most people, it seems. They, many people have the moral intuition that the right thing to do is to cause, to cause one man to die rather than letting five children die. That's how you're thinking of it, right? I, I guess I do. I have a moral intuition to but now that let's, effect. Well, let's reverse the situation just a little bit. Suppose the man's asleep on the main track, the runaway... Trolley's going to run him over and kill him. The children are having a picnic on the sidetrack. Now, you can save the man's life by diverting the train. What do you do? Well, obviously, I, I wouldn't do it. it. It's pretty much the same principle, even more straightforward. Let the one man guy die if saving him is going to cost five lives. But now, so you see where the title of our show comes in. The trolley problem suggests a case and where it's wrong to save a life. Well, that's well and good, but it raises an issue. 
Why are my intuitions really important? I'm just one person. Uh, frankly, I'm not tr particularly trained in moral philosophy. I barely know the difference between a rule utilitarian and a slide rule. Well, not many people know what a slide rule is anymore. But, John, here's the point. First of all, you're not alone. Many, many people exposed to this thought experiment share your intuitions. And, and, and why does that matter? It matters because moral intuitions are analogous to experience. Experimental results in the physical sciences. There are data. There are starting points. You know, physicists find laws to explain the results of experiments and other physical observations. Moral philosophers find principles and theories that explain our moral intuitions. But my moral intuitions, uh, or, or even moral intuitions of people like me, that's just the way our untutored, inexpert brains react to these situations. The, the way my brain reacts is the result of some combination of evolution, uh, plus what my parents told me and, and, and my occasional attendance at Sunday school. I don't see that any of these is a significant source of philosophical knowledge about moral principles. I mean, intuitively, desks and chairs are solid, but physics tells us they're mostly empty space. Intuitively, there are more numbers than there are just the even numbers. But set theory tells us this is not so. Well, look. Our intuitions just often lead us astray. Well, I agree that intuitions can lead us astray, and maybe moral theory can correct our common sense intuitions, maybe the way physics does. But you got to start somewhere, and these thought experiments and their intuitions, they give us good places to start. Well, so far, the trolley problems we've looked at are leading me down the track to utilitarianism, but I wonder if that's the wrong track with respect to moral theory. The defense of utilitarianism, greatest good for the greatest number, can't be that simple. Well, you know, we've just looked at the simplest of cases. There are lots of variations on the trolley problem, lots, zillions of them, and we're going to explore some of them in depth. And you know what? A lot, some of them lead in quite different tracks away from utilitarianism. Our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Ash, talked to scientists who actually study what happens in the brains of people when the scientists pose variations of the trolley problem. She files this report. Joshua Green directs the Moral Cognition Lab at Harvard Psychology Department. He describes the scenarios. A trolley is headed towards five people, and they're going to die if you don't do anything, but you can hit a switch that will turn the trolley onto a sidetrack. Unfortunately, there's a person on the sidetrack, and that person will be killed if you turn the trolley. Is it okay to turn the trolley away from the five and onto the one? Case number two, known as the footbridge case, uh, the trolley is again headed towards five people. They'll be killed if you don't do anything. You're on this footbridge over the tracks in between the trolley and the five. And the only way you can save those five people is to push this large person who's standing next to you off of the footbridge and onto the tracks. And the idea is that the person's body will stop the trolley and it'll save the five. I would never throw the guy next to me down off the bridge. I think that's a really hard choice. One is more passive and one is more active, and I think I would have a hard time with the more active choice. I wouldn't intervene because I would just let nature take its course. I think I would flip the switch, but I can't say if I would push the larger person. Well, I'm a big guy, so I would probably jump down there. I wouldn't push anybody off. I would jump down. I'd be the guy that does that, whatever you got to do to trip a switch or get in the way. 
The thought is that it's a kind of gut reaction, an emotional response that's making you say, no, don't push the guy off the footbridge. And it's more conscious, deliberate, cost-benefit reasoning that's making you say, well, it's better to save more lives. Harvard professor Joshua Green has looked at brain scans of people making these moral decisions. Green says deciding whether to pull the switch or push a guy onto the tracks triggers an emotional response in the amygdala. Which is a part of our ancient mammalian emotional system, which is a kind of early warning device that uh, lets us know when there are things in the environment that we need to attend to and that might have some kind of personal significance, especially if they're dangerous. The amygdala is closely connected to a part of the brain called the ventromedial prefrontal cortex, which seems to be a general integration hub for emotional signals that bear on decision making. If that part of the brain is damaged, those gut reactions don't make it into the decision. Researchers can also manipulate responses with drugs. For example, give someone an SSRI like citalopram, and their emotional response increases. They're more likely to go with their gut reactions. But give someone an anti-anxiety drug like lorazepam, and they're less likely to go with a gut emotional response. All aboard for nitrate! So back to that guy on the footbridge. Only about 30% of people say it's okay to push a person onto the tracks. But if you ask the question in a slightly different way and say, okay, well, you don't have to push him, but he's standing on a trap door and you have to flip a switch and release him onto the tracks. Is that okay? Now that number of people who will say yes doubles to about 60%. So a big chunk of this is the difference between pushing with your hands or harming more indirectly by hitting a switch that opens a trap door. Apparently, people don't usually want to use personal force against one another. But Harvard's Joshua Green found most people don't realize they're making moral decisions based on this impulse. And this idea extends to real-life situations like physician-assisted suicide or drone warfare. I think it does suggest that it doesn't feel as bad to drop a bomb from 10,000 feet than it does to slit somebody's throat with a knife. I mean, you can, you can feel that just hearing me say those words, right? So what kind of a person are you? Do you make moral decisions based on gut reactions, or do you think it through? Green says the gut reaction is kind of like an automatic setting on a camera. It's mostly good, but sometimes it needs to be overridden. We have gut reactions against hurting people, and that's a good thing. But then again, there are situations where physically harming someone can actually promote the greater good. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Caitlin Esch. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.